0: So, Rick, we taped the podcast early on Wednesday. We did the mailbag. I had a lightning game Wednesday night, so we tape it early. And after we get done taping the show, I open up my computer, open up uh, TweetDeck, and there's a tweet from Tom Jones congratulating you for winning not one, but two Associated Press Sports Editors uh, Awards, one for beat writing and one for breaking news. And I know Tom addressed this last week on the podcast with you, but man, you've had a hell of a season.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, Let me hit the for, music. Uh, <laughs> <for> Recognize <laughs> me? Why is that red light flashing in front of me? I, I, I listen. I'm going to thank my mom and, and, and my my late dad. Don't do not start. I'm going to stand up here. I don't care what that red light says. Um, no, no, seriously, it was a, uh, it was quite an honor. Um, I've, I've won this before, uh, but not twice in one year. Um, that's rare, and and certainly, you know, covering a team like the Buccaneers with as high profile uh, as they have uh, doesn't hurt. But I think what was rewarding is that neither of these stories uh, or a lot of this stuff didn't directly affect Tom Brady. Obviously, the beat writing is. Uh, in part the coverage of, of the bucks and, and well all of it is the coverage of the bucks but we know the Antonio Brown story got a lot of focus um, uh, I think Josh Lambeau um, mm-hmm. the story about the uh, former Jaguars punter and then you know some I don't know 12 hours later uh, they fired urban Meyer so they were impactful stories you know they were stories that resulted in a three three game suspensions for three buccaneer players Um you know another log on a fire that that ousted urban meyer so when you when you're able to write uh and fortunate enough in a year to write impactful stories like that um i think the judges and the, the other sports editors that that read these uh these entries um they certainly remember what the result of of uh of that reporting was so yeah it was uh you know i think as a paper we won honorable mention for top 10 daily section what what's really cool is that um even though our circulation has dropped we've only we only print now twice a week we could have gone into a lower division based on circulation but we stayed in the in the uh the class A division with the New York Times the Washington Post the Athletic you know uh large circulation um you know type types news uh I- news industries and digital platforms and whatnot and so it's you know what's cool is that you know um you're going with the big boys you know you're 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 having to compete and um and we we usually do very well with these i mean almost everybody in our staff has won at one time or another so it was uh it was cool um i appreciate the editing that you know that went into it you don't see behind the scenes you know mm-hmm. um with Tracy Johnson our sports editor with uh Mark catches the editor of the newspaper. I, I think I've mentioned on this podcast. I spent for the first time like an hour with lawyers uh, doing his story on Antonio Brown. Uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting and a very busy year and a lot of work. And um, it's always good, you know, to be recognized by your peers. And that's what this is, right? This is mm-hmm. Associated Sport uh, s- Sports Press Editor. Hey,
0: you know, I've I've lived in many markets, and 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 I say this yeah. in all sincerity. Tampa Bay sports fans are extremely lucky in this market to have the coverage of the beat writers in this town. Uh, it, you know, and yeah. particularly, you know, your coverage of the Bucks, and you've been doing it for probably more years than you'd wish to admit. Three decades, yeah. You know, Mark Topkin, who's been covering the Rays before the Rays were even a team. Before teen.
1: they were here, yeah.
0: You know, and, and the work he does and, and countless mm-hmm. others that in, in this town we are extremely lucky to have great beat writers covering our teams and and they don't always print the stories you want to read or you like to hear the news, you know, but as you know, we've tried to educate on this podcast and talk about that. Your job is not to root for a team or to root against a team. It's to Mm -hmm. report the news of the team. Good, bad, whatever's going on. MRSA, fake vax cards, winning Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. signing Tom Brady, whatever the news of the team is, that's what your job is to cover and to yep. report, and and as a as a beat writer and, and writer for the Tempe Times, but this market is extremely lucky.
1: I appreciate that. I I, I would agree that Mark does such a great job. We've had, I mean, me, myself and Mark have been here for the mm-hmm. longest, in, and and uh, on those two major beats. And so I think you know the the longevity has its reward, has its curse too. Um, but I think that uh, um, you know we we've been fortunate. Uh, as a staff to have some senior people with institutional knowledge of those those franchises so um well enough of that enough of me let's talk about everybody else first uh, we finally made it to the weekend the the uh, this is it this is the 18th annual firestone grand prix of st petersburg presented by rp funding it's happening now february 25th through the 27th that starts today folks runs through the weekend of course uh, go see that beautiful 1.8 mile 14 turn configuration of a track that runs through the streets circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Dally Museum, and extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Wooded Airport, the grandstands out there, get some tickets, walk the paddocks, talk to the drivers, all of that. If you want some race information and information about tickets, go to gpsaintpete.com. That's gpsaintpete.com. We're get, we've we had we had so many mailback questions we didn't get to uh, yesterday. We're going to complete those. Um, but first, I, I kind of want to revisit, like, I maybe I wasn't clear enough when I talked about the story I wrote the other day about Blaine Gabbert. Maybe I was, I don't know. But I'm going to revisit just where the Bucks' quarterback situation sits today, because, and this is going to continue on until the Bucks, until or unless the Bucks do something with the position, right? Like right now, Kyle Trask is literally the only quarterback under under contract, and we know they're not going into the season saying Kyle Trask is their starter, much less with one quarterback, right? you got to have three or four to go to training camp. So they're going to sign some guys. And I think it's safe to assume that one of those guys they're going to re-sign is Blaine Gabbert simply because he knows the system. Even if he becomes the backup to, you know, if they're lucky enough to pry a, a veteran starter out of another situation, um, they, they, they want Blaine back. No, I think it'll be a highly, you know, incentivized type contract performance if he ends up starting those sorts of things but not something that's hard to do for a guy that's 32 years old so i think we can count those two guys among the quarterbacks that the bucks will have in 2000 and uh, um beyond that though you know i i i just want you to know that i everything can change and it can change quickly right however as we sit here today like, I would just ask people to think, and there's a lot of talk about, well, I think they're going to get Russell Wilson or they're going to get Deshaun Watson. I wrote in the story the other day, and I want to emphasize this, when when you ask about Deshaun Watson in the Bucks, and look, he's got 22 civil cases and 10 criminal complaints. They postponed some of the discovery on that. I don't know that his situation, even from a criminal standpoint, let's, let's address that first. Um... You, you, that might not be cleared up until the draft uh, or right around the draft at, at the at the earliest. So I read a story in, in pro football talk today that several teams have just decided, well, you know, whether it's, whether it's solved or not, we want them and we're willing to pay the price. Okay. That might be what teams have to do. Teams might have to just kind of hold their breath and say, we're going to give up a ton of compensation and hope that at some point his problems will be behind him, and, and he's 26, and we will have a hell of a quarterback for the next six to eight to ten years. Um, that's probably what is going to happen, to be honest with you, because there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. There's 12 to 14 teams right now. You could say we're looking for a starting quarterback. So if if you go on that assumption that look somebody's going to somebody's going to take the plunge, right? Then you'd look at the Bucks, and and I just want people to know, I've asked this question, okay, about Deshaun Watson, and what I was told. And it's not important who told me. It's just, you know, you'll have to trust me. It was somebody that is in a position to know or needs to know. Um, what I was told is, I don't think the owners are going to sign off on that. Now, that's, a, you know, it's their business to ask the owners because that's an ownership decision, right? Because we always say have the press conference. Ladies and gentlemen, our new uh, quarterback, Deshaun Watson, from the uh, from the Houston Texans. Hey, everybody, you know, claps it up in the organization. And then uh, first question, Rick Stroud. Yeah. um, Deshaun, um, can you tell us why you weren't able to play a single game last year and uh, exactly what is your problem with the 22 uh, alleged, uh, you know, sexual assault complaints? Uh, When you go to these massage parlors, like, what is your expectation? Why did you, like, how is that press conference going, right? Question after question about his legal entanglements, about his habits, about the kind of a you know, I mean, it's kind of a creepy thing, right? I mean, um, what's alleged, and so we're gonna we're gonna pepper him, the organization, Jason Light, Bruce Arians, about well, how do you know when you're gonna be cleared to play? You know, do you think you'll face criminal complaints? Do you think you'll go to jail? Are you worried about going to jail? I mean, that's that's your new quarter. That's the face of your franchise. Okay, on that day, if those things aren't resolved and, and in his favor, I might add. Um, that's your press conference, okay? Somebody's going to have it. Somebody, I, I, I'm, I firmly believe that Mike Florio knows what he's talking about, and that some team will just say, you know what, we don't care, we don't care. We'll write it out. Whatever trouble he's in, we will write it out because we're going to get a hell of a quarterback. And ultimately, their fan base may not care either. The Bucks care. I'm just telling you, the, the Glazer family cares. And if, if you if I'm told they're not going to sign off on him then that means they're not going to sign off on him. I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't think Deshaun Watson's in play here. Now, if something changes where 22 people withdraw their complaint and say, you know what, no harm, no foul, that would mostly mean that you know, he, he settled with them civilly, as did Jameis Winston coming out of college, right? As did Jameis Winston with the Uber driver. That was okay with them. If all that's resolved and, the, and there's, there's no charges pending against him, maybe that changes the Glazers' mind. I don't know, right, that this, this story could evolve. But as we sit here today, I think it's too icky for them. I really do. I don't know how Darcy is. Darcy Glazer going to that, going to that press conference? You know, with, with all the work she's done for, for women in sports, women in football, women, I mean, what are we talking about? Are they comfortable with Deshaun Watson and a female trainer? I mean, these are the questions we're going to ask them. So I don't see that happening, okay? And the reason I don't see it happening is because they don't see it happening. So we can keep talking about Deshaun Watson on the radio and everywhere else, and we'll talk about him at times too an update his situation. But I just don't think it's realistic. Russell Wilson, let's keep talking about, oh, Russell Wilson, wouldn't he be great in this offense? Wouldn't he? Yeah, deep ball. Oh, pedigree. He's still got three, four, five years left. on. I'd give up three number one picks. Great. That's fantastic. Why would Seattle do it? Why would Seattle do it? So the Seattle Seahawks with 70-year-old Pete Carroll. Let's, let's change it. Okay, let's, let's give Bruce Arians the Seattle job. You're Bruce Arians, and I, I'm covering the Seahawks. And they didn't win last year. How they haven't really won in the last two years. And so I'm calling Bruce Arians as a writer, and I'm saying, hey, I know you guys haven't won, and you don't have a first-round pick. Wouldn't you love to trade Russell Wilson and, and get all these drafts? You could probably get three number ones, a number two, a number three, something like that. You get five draft picks. You know, you know what 70-year-old, soon-to-be 70-year-old Bruce Arians would say? That's awesome, Rick. Who's my quarterback? I'm taking a guy in the draft. You think I'm going to develop a rookie next year? By the way, not the best draft class for quarterbacks this year, okay? Just isn't. they will there, be, be probably three drafted in the first round and maybe a, maybe one in the top ten. Who knows? Maybe two because of the, the value of the position. They're not starting quarterbacks as rookies, these guys.
0: And that first-round draft pick you're getting from the Bucks is, what, 27, 28? It's
1: 27. That's right. That's the other part. Hey, you know what, Bruce? Here's the thing. There's a team in Tampa— and they will take Russell Wilson, and the first pick you get from them is 27th, right? If I was inclined to trade them, in Philadelphia called, and they have three first-rounders in the top 16, maybe, maybe I listen. But here again, what's my plan? For, when's the next time I'm competitive in the NFC West? When's the next time I can go up against San Francisco, and granted they have a young quarterback but a really good team, the Rams, who just won the Super Bowl and have a really good team, Arizona, who has a young quarterback, albeit disgruntled, but potential for a really good team. Which year am I going to be able to go toe-to-toe with those guys and win the division? How long is that? Three years? Five years? With one of these rookie quarterbacks I'm going to draft, and I'm going to lose, I don't know, 12 games next season? And I'm doing this because why? Because that other team wants Russell Wilson? Well, I want Russell Wilson. I want to win, too. I've got a Super Bowl quarterback. I've got a guy that's going to the Hall of Fame. How about this? How about we just build around the cat? How about we get in there and get some free agents and, get, and, and use whatever draft capital we have, even though we made a bad deal and we don't have a first-rounder? But how about we do some things to, to build up our football team because we know on a good football team, Russell Wilson can win. He's, won, he's been a the Super Bowl twice for us. He's won one of them. I just don't know why people think – because a year ago, Russell Wilson made noise about wanting some things around him. And he was talking about the offensive line. And he, he was willing to waive his no-trade clause if it came to that for certain teams, right? And so that became a big story. Well, Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl and he said, I don't want to leave Seattle. Now, he might be posturing. But he goes, I want to win three more Super Bowls here. I'm a Seahawk. You know? so I And, and look. He could get traded tomorrow. I have no idea. I don't know what the Seahawks are thinking. But if you think like Pete Carroll, who's still their coach, because if they went to Pete Carroll and they said, hey, Pete, you're going to be 70, we're starting over with a young quarterback. We don't know who it is. We're going to take three number ones, maybe Jalen Hurts, maybe somebody like that. So I'm going to go to Philadelphia. They're going to give me Jalen Hurts and three number ones. And so I went from Russell Wilson to Jalen Hurts. Am I better? Am I better in two years? Am I better in three years? No. No. Jalen Hurts is not going to be Russell Wilson. Let's be honest. And I like Jalen Hurts, but I don't like him that much. So people play fantasy football this time of year. Not to mention, let's say he is traded. Okay, there's like 12 teams that want a quarterback, 12 to 14. Most of them have better draft picks than the Bucs. Nearly all of them. I mean, they're picking 27th. So we're talking apples to apples. Okay, you get a first-round pick from me. I'm picking in the top ten. I'm picking in the top five. Who are you trading with? Okay? So it's very remote. And the Bucks know this. This is not 2020. This is not the year when Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming off a 5-0 season with the Saints, um, Carson Wentz, or you, you could have gotten him probably, all these guys were available, right? And most of them were free agents. You didn't have to give up anything for them. You just had to sign them. They they got to choose where they were going. So, I mean, it, it's just not that year, right? There's So when you write about, and by the way, I asked. It wasn't like Bruce didn't call me and say, hey, let me make a case for Blaine Gabbert. Like, it doesn't work that way. I heard today uh, on one of the stations, somebody said, Oh, I think that, that Bruce is just trying to show that he's dealing from strength, that he's not desperate. That's why he said what he said to the Times. No, he said what he said to the Times because I asked him. He didn't call me up and volunteer. Hey, let me make a case for Blaine Gabbert so that everybody thinks that we're okay there. He made the same case a year ago when Tom Brady was on the team. He has been behind Blaine Gabbert more than anybody has been behind Blaine Gabbert, which is why he you know, was here for two years. He had him in, in, in Arizona. Uh, he went like two and three, uh, I think in 2018 or 17 for him. 2017, I guess. And he beat a good Jacksonville team that went 10 and six. He beat a pretty good uh, Tennessee team that was like nine and seven. Um, and then, you know, Gabbert had like eight different offenses and head coaches in about his first eight seasons. And, you know, he was a top 10 pick of Jacksonville. Didn't work out. But now he's 32 years old, or 33, and he has sat like everybody else behind Tom Brady for the last two years. He taught Tom Brady this offense. He was the guy as much as anybody who, who started, you know, helping him. So at the end of the day, all I'm saying is, yes, the most likely scenario, and I think this is going to be the case throughout the, the offseason, the most likely scenario for the Bucks is that Kyle Trask comes back, Lane Gabbard comes back, somebody in the second tier of free agents signs like a Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater, like a Teddy Bridgewater. Somebody in that second tier signs as a free agent, not as a draft, not as a trade, but as a free agent. And they compete with Gabbard and Trask to see who wins the job. And meanwhile, you develop. Here's the thing I think people are missing a little bit, too. They know that Kyle Trask isn't ready Uh, they're not like, it's not a situation where we drafted this guy. It's not like San Francisco, right? San Francisco has Garoppolo and they have Kyle Trask. Oh, by the way, and if I didn't mention this already, they don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. That's not changing either. So we can drop the Jimmy Garoppolo talk. It's not happening. If they got Jimmy Garoppolo, I I, I was told, yeah, we'd have to run it 40 times a game. He'd be fine. That's not what they do. And that's not what they want to do. So Jimmy Garoppolo is not an option for them. And Carson Wentz to them, to them. Carson Wentz is not an upgrade. Think about that. They don't think Carson Wentz is an upgrade on what they have with Gabbert and Trask. So they like Kyle Trask. They took him in the end of the second round. They want him to continue to develop. They don't really know what they have because he hasn't been out there. But they liked him enough a year ago to do this very thing. We're going to put him behind Brady. We're going to let him learn behind the goat. We're going to let him have a red shirt year. He didn't dress a single game. Now he's going to come in and he's going to compete. So this is the plan, okay, if somebody shows up that's better, then I think obviously they would jump all over it. You know, if they can make a deal for Russ Wilson, heck yeah! I just don't think it's. I think it's fantasy football. So that's my take. I and, and look, people got three hour radio shows, and I've got a you know podcast every night, and we're going to talk about the Bucks quarterback situation. But I don't see it changing dramatically over the next few weeks. We'll see what happens with what, with uh, Deshaun Watson's case. Um. You know, but but he's got civil litigation, so he's got to settle, right? They're, those those folks aren't they're represented by the same lawyer. They're not going away, okay? So if he doesn't settle, then there's depositions and there's an actual court cases. Uh, there's going to be depositions for him for his criminal case. What he has to say in those depositions isn't going to be icky. It's not going to be great. Um, same thing with with the his accusers. So I I just I, I'm always. I'm entertained, but I'm not, I also think there's just a lot of like doubters out there that, that you have to believe that, you know, Arians knows his situation, right? He knows it better than anybody. He came back to coach again. He could have said, you know what? I don't have Tom Brady. I'm done. Oh, by the way, we'll talk about Tom Brady's movie too. By the way, um, if they don't sign another quarterback, you know, who could come back if he decided to Tom Brady. If they don't get Russ Wilson or they don't trade a pile of draft picks for Deshaun Watson, if they don't get Russell Wilson, nothing would stop them from signing uh, for Tom Brady coming back in here because he's going to be under contract. Or he'll, he won't be under contract, but they'll have his rights. Basically, he goes on the reserve retire list after June 1st. Um, so there's that. Speaking of Brady, and this is then we'll get to your questions. Um, <laughs> you want to know – And this is the other thing. Like, you you really don't think Tom Brady... Well, here's the thing. He's going to be playing football in the spring, not for the USFL. He's going to be wearing a Patriots uniform. But he is the star, starring himself as himself, and the the producer of a movie called, uh, what is it, 80 for Brady? Something like that? I thought that was the Um, age
0: that Brady was retiring at.
1: (laughs) Very good. Uh, 80 for Brady. And basically... um, he is uh he's going to play himself and it's a story based loosely i guess on a on a true story where uh these four women uh who are big fans of him um it's kind of a road movie where where they uh make their way uh to the super bowl what was it 51 i think uh which was the one in Houston where he came back from 28 to 3 and and uh and, and beat atlanta so and it stars like Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Sally Field, and Rita Moreno. And so, so the joke is, of course, basically, uh, that, uh, Brady isn't retired. He's now just working nine to five, but Um, so yeah, I think he's going to spend some time making that movie and it's going to take him a while to, uh, you know, to do that. Now, the good news is is that he'll, he'll keep his arm loose. He'll be out there throwing the ball, you know, doing the scenes of reenacting uh the Super Bowl. But
0: will Antonio Brown play one of the receivers or
1: <laughs> Yes exactly. He's gonna play Julian <laughs> Edelman, I think. <laughs> I bet Jules is in that thing too. He's gonna get you know there's gonna be here's what I you want to know.
0: Amandola, well, you're gonna have Jules, you're gonna oh, have Gronk. Yeah. Jules.
1: James White.
0: Gronk who was yeah, at Gronk, the, the Gronk. who's at the lightning game on Wednesday night.
1: I saw that. He's still in town, which yeah, is
0: cool. Kevin Kiermaier was there as well.
1: Yeah, with his kid, which is mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. it's uh What I want to know is, is Tom Brady tired of doing movies about Tom Brady? Like, when does that happen? When does Tom Brady say, I'm not going to play myself. I'm actually going to do another movie that doesn't involve me. Does he have because the acting
0: had... chops to do that?
1: I don't know. But, like, you know, it's not really acting if you're just playing yourself. Like, at some point... We had Man in the Arena, you know. There was one before that. Now, now we have eighty yeah. for Brady or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't,
1: I don't see him as the actor type, though. He play, He was in one. He was in Ted too. I thought that was the best job he did. Yeah,
0: but he was playing himself. I mean,
1: again, that's <laughs> all. I mean, he can only play Tom Brady. Like it's kind of like Tom Cruise. You know, you see him in you know, a few Good Men. You see him in you know um, all the movies that he's Top Gun and all this stuff. And it's still Tom Cruise, right? But you go, okay, he's a different character. I get it. But like, if Tom, could Tom Brady actually play somebody other than Tom Brady? We don't know. But it's not acting if you're just going to keep doing movies. Like it's, at some point, somebody's going to say, hey, Tom, I got a great idea. Oh, yeah? What's that? I got a movie idea where you play you. you you're, you're, you're the quarterback of the Patriots. Oh, that's new. Haven't done that before. No, really, this is going to be great. I just at some point you just wonder like, hey man, this isn't acting, you know. But um, but those those women are funny and and uh, you know they're they're a little elderly, so it's it's going to be a interesting dynamic. But uh, yeah, I would do a movie. Uh, my movie would not be called eighty for Brady if it was based on that Super Bowl. It'd be called blankety blank Brady, because I remember that Super Bowl unfondly as I had three stories on my computer and didn't know where I was going. First, Atlanta was going to obliterate them 28 to three, and I'm writing how this is how the dynasty ends, this is how you take the crown off the head of the you know all that stuff was he's laying there on the turf, and they're running the pick six back. Then it was, oh well, you know, heart of a champion, they fought their, their, their tails off down 28 to3. fell just short, but Atlanta, you know, and then it became, "You better win this game, Tom Brady. Like I'm all in on you winning this game on deadline at one o'clock in the morning, and uh, fortunately they got the coin toss in overtime, and it, you knew it was going to happen. But yeah, that was not that was not a nine to five job for me that day. Um, but it was a hell of a Super Bowl, and in his great, really his greatest moment, I think, of his career. I mean, all you know, Tampa notwithstanding. I mean, that was the second chapter, but um, you know, the greatest comeback of all time in a Super Bowl. That was amazing. Okay, so uh, one more time, just a reminder that the uh, Firestone. Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, sponsored by RP Funding this year, is going on starting today. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete, as a matter of fact. And you can uh, visit gpsaintpete.com for race information and tickets. It's just another racing season that's starting right here in St. Petersburg.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And after you go to the race Saturday, you can then watch the stadium series where the Lightning playing in their first ever outdoor game Saturday night at 7.30.
1: That's going to be so neat. Um, I saw the weather is supposed to be a little rainy on over the weekend, not for the game. Thirty degrees, I think they're expecting. Yeah, I think a high um, of
0: forty-five on Saturday, but the low is going to be upper twenties. So game mm-hmm. time probably yeah low thirty mid, low to mid thirties.
1: Yeah, which will be which will be neat. Uh, I wanted to go to this. I, I we ended up not going, obviously, but um, I love the stadium series. Let me tell you, the other night, so I'm watching this game. Um. Man, that was that Edmonton game and Connor McDavid. That was one of the best games of the season. Now the Lightning ended up going up four-one at one point, but they did not stop. the The Oilers were uh, they dominated the first period actually, uh, but it was two to one and, and then and then four to one. And you're thinking, okay, this one's over. It wasn't. That was that was both those teams. Man, got up and down the ice. That was that was a fun game to watch. Maybe the best game of the year that I watched.
0: It's the first time since 2018 that we've gotten to see Connor McDavid here at Amelie Arena based on the last two seasons and scheduling, and he was hurt in 2019 when they came here. I mean, you see the highlights of him. Maybe you watch a game or two here and there. But to see him in person, just incredible. What he does, uh, we're spoiled here to see players like Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, who are probably two of the top ten players in the world. Yep, and and you know Braden Point how quickly he can play and and move with the puck and and Nikita Kucherov the way he sees the ice, but Connor McDavid plays at a different pace still, mm-hmm. even more than Braden Point, and and you know mm-hmm. Braden Point's a top ten player in the world, no question about it, but Connor McDavid is just it's incredible to watch him play, and and to see it in person, and and when he and Dryside are on the ice together. A lot of times on the power mm-hmm. play, but the, last night, particularly in the third period, they had him on a line together pretty much the whole third period on Wednesday night. And the way and Dreisaitl's maybe a top ten player in the world as well. You could make an argument; he's top five. Those two together, it, it's it, it's incredible when when Point and Kucherov are, are playing their best and, and making plays all over the ice. That's that's McDavid and Drysaddle, and it's just it's fun to watch. Uh, you know, I mean, the Lightning were able to win. And, and you wonder how Edmonton is struggling this season granted they' had made a coaching change. they've been playing better since then. but they had a stretch. they went two, 11 and two with those guys on the team.
1: it's goaltending a lot of it For is yeah,
0: absolutely I mean you yeah know.
1: if they had a if they had a, a mid to upper level goaltender, they would be impossible to beat. I mean they're so good. Here's what I noticed. You tell me if I'm right about McDavid. Because I obviously don't cover hockey, I don't play it. I watch it, um, and and I watched it from TV. I would have loved to have been there though. Uh, this is what I noticed about him: you never realize <laughs> he has his puck. He has the puck look like looks like it's attached to his stick. Mm-hmm. Like usually you see guys, you know, backhand, forehand, up the ice, around the net. But, but I'm telling you. He pushes this thing around like it's attached to his stick. I've never seen anything like it. It follows him around. And I know no one makes it look that easy. He does. Like wherever the puck is bouncing, rolling, whatever, if he gets near it, it is attached to him. <laughs> and he can skate anywhere he wants to with it. And it's just it's it's just weird. It's just it's it's in the speed that he plays with, everybody else is kind of standing still and they're not. Because it was a fast game, both teams were very fast. But he is just totally at a different speed, and it's it's his ability to handle the puck is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. it, it's, it looks like it's attached to a stick at the highest rate of speed possible in hockey. Right. I mean, right. he's probably the fastest player in hockey, or if not, he's right up there. And it, it's it's beautiful to watch. I mean, you know, even if you're rooting against him, enjoy watching that because it's special. I mean, he's it's like a he's, joystick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, he's the best player in the world. I, he's past Sidney Crosby at this point. Who, Sidney Crosby, still a hell of a player, but he's getting up in age, and and not all the skills are you know at peak what they were a few years ago. Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, no question about it.
1: Yeah, and and you could tell. I think they said like the top last top five scores in the NHL were on that ice at one time um, yesterday. I think. Um, yeah, probably on, between uh, McDavid,
0: Dreisaitl, Kucherov, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And and then, uh, um, what's the other thing I, I was going to mention? Well, just look, oh, the Lightning having been off as long as they were, you kind of would expect a little bit of rust, maybe not as crisp with passes and things like that. Well, I'll say this. They had some fresh legs. <laughs> Those guys were flying out there, man. You could tell they were well, well-rested. Um, because both both teams were really skating and um that's just a fun game. Well they I need, it, I they hope need they... that rest
0: is after Saturday they play in the stadium series, which will be a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm lucky enough I'll get to be there, so we'll talk about that's it next week so on the cool,
1: podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But then starting Tuesday, they come home to play Ottawa. Their final thirty one games are played in sixty days.
1: Oh my gosh. So
0: well, wow. essentially every other day. Whew. Actually they'll have games more often than they don't for the next two months wow once they that's once they crazy. return to, to Emily on t- tuesday yeah
1: well injuries are going to be a big story you know when you play that much that mm-hmm. soon without the rest in between they're going to have to find ways to stay healthy and uh, that's when the injuries usually occur when you have you know very little time to to heal up those bruises and things like that so but uh, they're playing well, man. They, you know, they're going to be a tough out again. And and I don't know, you know, Florida might be the best team, or you know, we can argue who is. But um, as long as as long as their goaltending <laughs> holds up the way it is, uh, and they have Kucherov and they have Point and and you know, Sorelli and some of those guys. Sorelli was really good too, mm-hmm. uh, the other night. Um, they're going to be in it. And Stamkos, of course, scored again. So it's been uh, been fun to watch them for sure. All right, we've got uh, some mailbag questions we didn't have a chance to get to,
0: so let's, uh, let's answer those. Well, we'll go back to the Bucks, and Greg had uh, tweeted us. If people consider that if the Bucks send multiple picks for a veteran quarterback, they would have to strike gold in free agency to fill many of the holes the team has. The advantage of keeping draft picks is you control younger players for four to five years. It seems to me that Blaine Gabbert allows his team to build through the draft, and then they can use 2022 to see what options they have at quarterback. If Gabbert does well, they have their quarterback. If he fails... They probably turn to Trask, and with a mid-round pick in 2023, they may be able to draft a better quarterback.
1: Yeah, they're kind of – that's exactly where they're at. I think that's a good analysis in terms of where they sit right now. Um, look, you can look at draft capital a lot of different ways, okay? It's – even for first, any first-rounder, I think that there's a 50% bust rate. Um, and And, you know, I think more and more, I think the Rams – sort of proved this. I think the Bucks did a little bit at times too, is that you're willing to forfeit high draft picks for a known commodity. If you're getting a superstar, if you're getting, you know, a Tom Brady obviously, or you're getting a Russell Wilson, and you're getting somebody that's established in Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matthew Stafford, right, uh, who went to the Rams. And the Rams also gave up a two and a three uh last year just to rent Von Miller. But you know what? They won a Super Bowl. Look, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Now You want to build a team that's in it every year you want to build a team that that has lasting staying power right um because it's tough to go the free agent route you wind up paying a lot of money you know some guys you know the free agent doesn't always work either um so you could have some dead money going forward and so there's cap ramifications to that to try to buy a team but i think if you're getting a known commodity like a matthew Stafford. Look, teams that don't have quarterbacks might spend four or five years trying to develop one that doesn't make it. And and the large part, the reason why they don't make it, is they're on bad football teams. If you're the, if you're Trevor Lawrence, or you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're geeked up about Trevor Lawrence because you had the number one pick and, and he's, he was supposed to be a generational talent. Now, Irvin Meyer wasted a year, and now he's got to learn a whole new offense under Doug Peterson and all of that. But at the end of the day, Trevor Lawrence... Is, is is a talent with no talent around him but the problem is without that supporting cast those quarterbacks fall down you know mm-hmm. so one of the reasons Brady came here was Jason Light and John Spitek had done a good job of building this team regardless of who the quarterback was it had been Jameis for five years but you had Mike Evans you had Chris Godwin you had a pretty good offensive line um you know you had players that on defense young secondary that was productive you had Devin White, you still had Levante David um you brought in sue you you drafted Vita Vea, and like those are first round picks you know vita vea and uh, and all them so i I think that I think you have to you do want players that you're going to be in control of for four or five years because you can't buy free agents every single year, so I don't think it's a bad way to go now the problem is if you're if you go out there with playing Gabbard and or Trask and you win about six or seven games. You're still not picking high enough the next year to guarantee yourself the top cornerback. So it's sort of like when you're in the middle, it's a bad place, right? Um, you either want to go young and develop or you want to you know, go with a veteran and hope you win enough games to make the playoffs and, and, and go deep. And, and the Bucks are kind of caught in the, in the place where you don't want to be in the NFL. Again, that's just, that, that's, the, well, that's just where they are.
0: And they're caught there because they have enough talent to win a Super Bowl. Correct. And so it's not like, you know, we've got, we can make the playoffs, but we're not good enough to win it all. Right. Right now, if you look at the team, they're capable of winning the Super Bowl if they can find a quarterback that can play well enough. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Blaine Gabbard or somebody else, or Kyle Trask or somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that defense, it can win. You've got Mike Evans, assuming you re-sign Chris Godwin. You know, I mean, you've got weapons. You've got pieces. You've got, I mean, you know, they always talk about that window, the championship window that teams have. And, you know, you're trying to be competitive every year. But there are years you have a better shot or windows. They're in a window to, they have a shot to win it all again. I mean, they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Last year, they, a great comeback and, and could, should have forced overtime in the in the divisional playoff round. And then you don't know what happens. I mean, they have the talent. So it, it's it's tough to... It's tough as an organization to just go. Well, it's time to just go young. We're not going to try to trade or do anything and, and just see what we have. That's that's a tough thing to do as an organization. It may be the right thing based on the options out there. If you can't get Russell Wilson, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, if you're not willing to sign or trade for Deshaun Watson, you know, mm-hmm. it may be the best option. But it's definitely not one you're just going. Well, this is the option we're taking. We're not going to look at anything else because. You're in a window where you could win. I mean, if you try to go young and and wait for another year to draft a quarterback and then bring him along, you're mm-hmm. probably you're probably three four years away from a window. Well, then Mike Evans is out of his prime, and that's right. You know, Levante David's not here anymore, and you know because he's you know older and moved on. And and you know you start going through that. How how does that team look completely different when you're in a window?
1: Right. No, those are all good points. As we're uh, doing this podcast, breaking news: Diana Rossini, ESPN. Aaron Rodgers will be informing the Packers of his decision soon, per league sources. I'm told there are multiple teams with offers on the table, but of course, nothing can happen until the Green Bay Packers allow a trade. That also comes on the heels of uh, some other reports that uh, that their GM uh, Brian Guten was it Gutenkunst? is that how you pronounce his name? Um, that he had. Uh, he has told reporters that he never promised to trade Aaron Rodgers. So I think we're all under the assumption that when he came back last year, that there was sort of a promise that Rodgers could move on, you know, mm-hmm. after the 2020, 2021 season. And basically the Packers GM saying, no, nope, I never made that deal.
0: you never, you're never promising it. You may say I'll entertain it. We'll look at it. Yeah. yeah. If mm-hmm. it makes sense for the organization.
1: And if you think about it, they really, the Packers got to do one of two things in my opinion, you either keep Rogers, uh, and try to sign him to another, to a two year contract, you know, a hundred million dollars, whatever. Um, because he's a free agent and you get nothing after this year. Right. So you can keep him for the 2022 season he walks as a free agent a year from now. Um, or you can trade him a year early and say, let's, let's turn to the kid, you know, get as many draft picks as we can now because he's, cause we don't have control over him after next season. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's really what's best for the organization. And well, I would and think how that, much
0: how much faith do they have in Jordan Love?
1: Right, exactly. They have. They, that, that's the other thing. But, but or and, what
0: quarterback are you getting back in return, depending on who you trade him to?
1: Yeah, and the thing about Jordan Love is, I would just say this: you don't know what you have until you get, until you mm-hmm. allow him to play. I mean, there was a time when Brett Favre could still play; mm-hmm. he was older and and whatnot. But they had turned Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years. They had to they had to find out what they had. They thought they knew what they had, and they saw him in practice. But you never really know, right?
0: Well, I don't mean no, but I mean you know. Look, we know the Bucks at this point don't believe Kyle Trask is going to be the starting quarterback. Right. That's true. That's true. Not to say that they don't believe in him and don't think he's going to develop into one. He's not ready yet. They that's what they believe. Know a little
1: more about Jordan Love. Yeah. What
0: do they think of Jordan Love? Do they think yeah. he's ready? Can he step in and do it? I mean, there's always that risk of it. It's ne- yeah. there's never a known quantity
1: until they play. again.
0: but mm-hmm. but what you see in practice is a pretty good. Mm-hmm. Are we comfortable with it? Are we? Do we think he's set up to succeed? You know, is that is that the right scenario for him? And that's what you know. They only they know that.
1: And he played a game last year when Aaron was you know mm-hmm. uh, the COVID situation, and he didn't play well, and he lost. I don't know if you can judge him on that or not, but. Um, I feel like all the posturing aside, I really feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to sign a hundred million dollar deal for two years and stay in Green Bay. They've been making cap room. They've been renegotiating a bunch of contracts to create cap space. Um, I just think that's what I just think that's what they're going to do. I don't, I don't, I don't see him. And if he does, is traded, if the Bucks are one of those teams with trades on the table, folks, he's not being traded to the NFC. Just not because you can. You know the other team that has a trade on the table, the Denver Broncos promise you they do and he can go join his former quarterbacks coach out there um and there'll be others for sure um but i just i think you'd be more likely to go to an afc team
0: yeah i think to go to the nfc it's got to be one that just knocks your socks off it's so much better than anybody else is offering
1: exactly right
0: and when your top pick is 27 or 28 whatever the bucks are it's tough to come up with a package that's going to be the blow other teams away
1: yep that's exactly right all right on to the questions again
0: All right, Kyle asks, have we seen the last of O.J. Howard as a Buccaneer?
1: I think so. Uh, There's no absolutes in this game, right? Um, But at minimum, if I'm O.J. Howard and they picked up my fifth-year option, I barely got on the field. Now, that was because Gronkowski, even though he missed six or seven games, he played a lot of football. He's their number one tight end. When they wanted to use two tight ends and one as a receiver, they trusted Cameron Bray more than they did O.J. Howard. But – the Bucks is undeniable, the Bucks don't think much of O.J. Howard. They didn't they didn't for, he didn't force his way onto the field. Um, you know, Arians has had him now for several years in his offense. Arians' offense, by the way, doesn't make great use of the tight end Tom Brady did. Uh, but in general schematically they don't use the tight end as a receiver very much. I think O.J. is going to move on and I think that there will be a team that would have liked him a lot, a whole lot coming out of Alabama that will see some tape even when he was with the Bucks that they'll, you know, think he's much better than any tight end they have. And I think he'll sign a decent-sized deal. It won't be anything that will, you know, set the market or anything. But I think he'll get an opportunity to start elsewhere. You know, there's a lot of rebuilding teams out there, man. There's a lot of Jacksonvilles. There's a lot of, you know, Detroit Lions. There's a lot of, you know what I mean, like, just he can help somebody. And it'll be a restart to his career, probably be good for him. Uh, another year away from the Achilles injury, which I think was a factor yet last season. But if you're the Bucks, you've 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 had 5 years to evaluate OJ Howard and the evaluation is that he didn't play very much. And when he did, you know, he he got hurt uh, more often than than you'd like. It's nobody's fault, but it happened. And you wonder how much that Achilles has affected his mobility, you know. He's never really become a great blocker. Um he certainly he was able to run back in the day. I don't know what his what his speed is now post injury. So I think they'll move on. Right now, they really don't have any tight ends. I mean, that's gonna be a spot to watch in the draft in free agency. Um, I expect any day now really that Rob Gronkowski will retire. I don't think he's gonna play. Um unless he plays for Joe Burrow, his new man crush, but I, I don't I don't think he's gonna play and he's a free agent. So that's that should be coming before the start of free agency. But um, yeah, I think we've seen the last of OJ, and it's too bad because I love, love the guy. I, I it matters to him. Football matters to him. He had it taken away from him, and then it really mattered to him. Um, but it just didn't work out, you know, in this offense with Gronk, with Brady. Um, you know, and they and Brady invested time in him, but you know he's still he's still a guy that has pedigree, and there's it there only takes one team to say you know what he's he's a lot better. Than the guys we have right now on our roster and i think you'll get a chance to start
0: all right we've got several more questions we'll carry some over to monday or tuesday next week including some on uh, bucks free agency some on the lightning but we'll end on this one today brian had asked what will you miss most if the major league baseball season is canceled
1: good lord everything um where do i start uh i'm you and i are probably bigger baseball fans than some people that listen to this podcast steve but I think the great thing about baseball is that it is a six month season, you know, that from early, late March, early April, all the way through October, um, you sort of, you ride the roller coaster with these guys, you know, it's a, it's a marathon and you wake up and if you didn't see the game, you want to see the box score, or you want to watch the replays or you want to watch the highlights. Baseball is a day to day lifestyle for me. You know, uh, I, I know there might still be hockey on or there might be spring football or something like that. I, I want to know that there's a game on almost every day. And, you know, and, and for that matter, if if you, if you stay up late, you can watch a game at 1030 at night from the West Coast. So I, everything. I, I, and I don't think it's going to come to that, by the way. I mean, I think they're getting closer in terms of negotiating like average salary. I don't think they want to the players are going to want to forfeit game checks. Uh, and start the season late and we're we're quickly approaching that deadline next week um but there's nothing like the fall classic there's nothing like a pennant race in september and in, in earlier you know in 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 october baseball and i mean the rays are obviously american league champions um they have a young roster they have dynamic players on their roster young dynamic players they've got to improve their pitching but we know what a great organization they are and i I just love the battle every week, you know. I every game. I mean, it's, it's just if you are a baseball fan, you you just don't live it. Sometimes, you know, unless you are a bandwagoner or you are somebody that just hops on it in October for, for the Fall Classic. But um, the, to me, uh, it would be it would be deafening silence, if you will. Like there would just wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like a major league city, you know. And they had this before where they where they you know what they didn't play the World Series one year, and that was ridiculous. But to have a whole season wiped out or something like that or, you know, after two years of COVID, people not being able to go to the games, some people going to the games, uh, you know, attendance down because of the fear of COVID, all all this stuff. I mean, this is a year where you would feel pretty confident in not just the team, but also, you know, watching a lot of games. I, I don't know where to begin on that question.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of that soundtrack to summer. I mean, I love there you go. I love having baseball games on while I'm doing work. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, during the day you'll have you know the Cubs will be playing on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, at, you know, two thirty in the afternoon, and you have that that game on um, as you're doing work. I mean, you're not necessarily watching every pitch of it, but but it's that, that background noise and all the way through you know one a.m. at night when you're watching the West Coast games and and yeah. to the follow the Rays and how good they've been the last few seasons. And, you know, to see how much better a Arena becomes in the second full season, how Wander Franco develops in his first full season this year, um, to see how Shane McClanahan continues to develop as the ace of the staff with Tyler Glass now hurt this year. Uh, you know, all these storylines with the, with the Rays, uh, you know, I'm excited for this season and look I the, the negotiations aren't going great between baseball and the players, and and I fear that there are going to be some canceled games. I, I don't think it's going to go long, but I, th- I think they've basically said if by early next week there's no deal, games will be canceled, and they're not making them up. So yeah. you know, we may not get 162 this year. I, I'm hopeful it's 150 or somewhere in that number at least, so.
1: Yeah, I am too, and I, I hope we miss none of them, but um, right now even I miss it. I think we should be, you know, reading stories about pitchers and catchers, games starting, all of that stuff. First games and, were
0: supposed to be today, I believe, in spring training. Yeah.
1: There's a void already, you know. I mean, because you can only fill it so much, right, with, with talk of free agency. I know the NCAA basketball tournaments coming up, March Madness. Um, That's going to be a fun tournament events. this year, by the way. Oh,
0: yeah. There's so much parody in college basketball right now.
1: Hey, speaking of basketball, guess who's gonna be covering the SEC basketball tournament with my partner Joey Joey Knight?
0: Well, since you said my partner. partner.
1: Yeah, moi. <laughs> I'm headed back to the hard court. How many points do you get when you shoot it behind the stripe? Is that three now? I don't even know. It's been a while. But um
0: How many steps basketball. do you get to take before they call traveling?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as many. As many as you can get away with. <laughs> they don't even call it anymore. Uh, and the SEC is loaded, by the way. It's weird. It used to be a football conference, right? Now it's all basketball. they got a bunch of ranked teams. It just means more, Rick. Yeah. yeah that's right. It just <laughs> means more. Good point. Uh, there's also racing this weekend. That's also going on here. The 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete presented by RP Funding. It's happening today through the 27th. Uh, for race information and tickets, go visit gpsaintpete.com. Got a busy weekend of course of racing and everything else. We'll be back to talk about it on Monday. For Steve Hurst and Stroud of the Ten Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.